0: Okay. Um, welcome, guys. We're back for another episode of Talking Ball. This is this. I'm joined by Manny and our guest, Aiden. Aiden, how are you doing, my brother?
1: I'm good. Happy to be here. Thank you, guys, for uh, inviting me on, and uh, looking forward to you know talking. About, as you
0: may uh, know, been this... oh, sorry, bro. Um, as you may know, this would be our first official like video on spotify so let's give ourselves a big woo i'm on i'm joking. but like like this would be our first big episode yes. like to say thank you for the support we've just hit 300 subscribers on youtube i'd like to thank you guys keep it up let's keep the channel growing because the bet, the more the, be- the better the channel does the more we can provide better content for you guys so let's get straight into it Arsenal's performance against Leeds. Pretty impressive considering the fact that was our B team, and that B team wasn't great. Like we don't have like Man City's B team squad. So uh what was your you guys' thoughts of Arsenal's performance against Leeds yesterday? Let's start with the guest, Aidan.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I mean it's a good point that you make. It's it's kind of our B team. Um, and I think that we played really well I think the most important thing that I saw from from that game was the fact that like for the first time I don't know ever maybe under Arteta we've seen the tactics and the play style and the system translate to like um, a team that isn't his ideal first 11 right so we still kind of had a lot of elements of what you'll see when we do play our strongest team in terms of the way that he adapts to the game state the way that the players start the game with high energy, the way that the, you know, we play out from the back, you know, actually being able to have a center back in Ben White, although he did come off injured. as Well, he came off ill at some point. He wasn't injured. Um, having having a center back who can progress the ball and, and play long balls. Even Leno, I know they weren't pressing, but even Leno was able to kind of progress a little bit more confidently than we usually see him. And I think that's just because, you know, the team has been integrated now with the system and the tactics and and it's kind of like flowing in a way that it wasn't before. So honestly, it was was an exciting performance to see. It was a little slow at first, but once we started ramping up and we, and we got the first goal, it was like, we never really looked in, in a lot of danger. And that was like a really good sign from, you know, like you said, our B team.
0: How about you, Manny? Yeah, i get you. Uh,
2: Yeah. yeah, um, For me, and uh, just to uh, pick what he said, yeah, I totally agree. Um, for, for the B team where we had a lot of uh, French players, um, the fact that we were organized and we pressed the Prestons would impress me because we, you know, usually when you, when you get a whole bunch of players that have never played together and, and to have organized Prestons is pretty challenging, but they were really organized. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, look at that defense we have. Oh my God. I was thinking we're going to lead goals against Leeds because Leeds had a pretty strong team, to be honest. But, yeah, they, they were organized. Um, they played well. Um, and, yeah, we scored two, two decent goals. And, um, yeah, yeah, I was impressed. Uh, like I said, what I what it looks like now moving forward, it looks like that both the first team and the fringe players are on the same wavelength of what the manager is trying to do. And that's my analysis. Um, I hope it's not a one-off because um, – but obviously – it doesn't look like a one-off because like I said, everyone was in tune and it was a good, it, they look like, you know what they were doing. But, but, and also if you look at the game prior to that, that was pretty much how we played with the pressing game. So yeah, all in all, it was a good game.
0: I agree with, I agree, you know, um, I think it was a good game in terms of the sense we got to see how these players technically have improved on the title. I'm not sure if it was just me who noticed it, like, Technically, these guys look miles better than they was. And this is our starting team, like last year. This would be probably our first team. You know, when Mikel first came in, this would roundabout be like our first team. And what impressed me is how technically sound they've improved all the time. So it shows that Arteta is coaching them to be better. But obviously, the quality that we've now had uh, over the year has has pushed them to the fine lines, but that doesn't mean they're not still improving on themselves. Um a couple of key players I wanted to mention is Ben White. I thought he was brilliant yesterday, um, before he came off. And um Manny, remember I told you that it was a precaution. But anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, I knew it was. Um but like I wanted to say White was excellent yesterday. He constantly delivered the ball, breaking the lines. And class above, he was just a class above. And he was, the way he was bombing forward, do you know what a typical Ben White performance where he can drive from the middle, which gives, to, um relieves the pressure on Tomiyasu to be that overlapping right back, as Ben White can do that driving through the middle. As you know, Tomiyasu naturally is a right back. We all know um, his future centre back. But because White is there, it complements Tomiyasu to the, to the point where Tommy has to cover for White that's why he's driving forward he can put, break the lines with his passing and that happened multiple times except from that one time where he, he got taken out by, uh, what was his, I think it was Rodrigo is his name Rodrigo, yeah so he got taken out by Rodrigo, fouled and I thought White was a very impressive performance what would you say, Aidan? Would you agree or?
1: Yeah, I think I think he was probably our best player until he came off, obviously, um, because he just has a presence about him when he's really in full flow. I think that's like the media narrative that surrounded him, especially with the price tag when he was first signed, made it a little bit difficult to see him, you know, immediately when you watch him play to see him as this commanding presence. But, you know, something that like Virgil van Dyke, for example, does is he is so confident and controlled and calm on the ball and his passing is so good, his vision is so sort of like consistent as well. Like he's always making the right decisions. And although Ben White's not physically and defensively the same player as as Ben Dyke, you know, when it comes to vision, awareness, passing, the ability to carry the ball, the ability to even have like the technical security on the ball that you're talking about as well, it just inspires a level of confidence that, you know, makes it really hard for a team like Leeds to break us down because they have a very specific way of playing. And when you have a centre back who can consistently break the lines and keep the pressure on, um, you know, the opposition, that team that wants to break fast and they want to, you know, play passing combinations, they want to get down the channels and run the channels like Leeds do. It makes it really hard for them to do that because they're constantly, like, they're constantly playing in their own half. And just a player like that, like White, you know, he just his presence being there and him being consistent. I think, like, people need to start switching their mindset about him, especially opposition fans. But, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of hate there. But at the same time, it's like, you've got to recognize this dude is a real, a real threat on the ball, and, and he can break those lines, and he will do that consistently more for us. And that's really what we needed.
0: Yeah, Manny, what about you? Were you impressed with um,
2: Mike's performance? I'm sorry? You said, was I impressed with Ben White? Was that yeah, impression? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Ben White is – um like you said uh he's definitely growing in stature you can tell um, with every game he gets better um yeah yeah so ben white is um he's definitely quality quality defender um he's qu- he's quick you know he passes the ball really well and i'm impressed with him man like i said every game every it seems like with every other game he he gets better he gets stronger he has a better partnership with gabriel i mean yesterday he played with with holding which was um you know, first time playing with him and he, he was outstanding. So, yeah, I mean, Ben White right now, he's definitely showing his class and, um, yeah, may may continue.
0: And I agree and I think the narrative, the narrative against Ben White has been unfair and that's unfortunately precedent due to William Saliba. And I think when Saliba comes back, he's going to have real challenge on his hands at centre-back at the end of the day. He's going to have very competent defender who has experience at the English level, who at this point in time is performing really well, and to be honest, I don't see him dropping. So it'll be g- good competition for William Saliba to learn off as well. You know, when he comes back as, um, you know, he's playing in fr- uh, league gun and, no offense, league gun and Premier League football is is slightly different in terms of um, quality and how you're being tested as a defender. So. I think um, White's performances have really impressed me. Another performance that impressed me yesterday, I have to say, was Ainsley maitland Um, Aidan, I yep. know you said um maitland analysis is your man at the match. I thought Ainsley Maitland-Niles was mine. He was immense yesterday, especially in recovery, especially when he was outnumbered in the press. He, he still held his own. He was physical jewelist and he was a physical beast in jewels and that to be honest with his physical stature I don't um it's not a surprise to me but he looked he looked like ain't but of old and he was composed in his passing he was he was breaking the lines that he was throwing up some creative passes I saw that pass to uh ESR which the although the ball went out of play he still I think it was two defenders out of action and ESL was one-on-one with the defender which was pretty impressive and I just thought Hazel maitland was brilliant yesterday and was the midfield hog of our team.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like I mean, I, I think I I said on Twitter or maybe I retweeted someone who said he was the man of the match. And it, it's and I think the reason I give it to him is cuz it's cuz White came off injured because he otherwise he would have been, but he was really great. And I think for me, Mason Miles is a player that I've always really loved, even when he was playing at right back and he couldn't get minutes, you know, in 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 midfield. I felt like he just has like a, a energy about him the way that he plays. He has a confidence even when he's not doing things right, he has a level of confidence which I think is like really admirable for 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 a player who especially just hasn't been able to get really into the first team as much. And I think that he was yeah he just has like a lot of confidence and he's got a really um, you know he's got a really good uh, ability to actually drive the ball as well through midfield. And I think it was a good choice for Marteta to, to pair him with Elmeny, because Elmeny obviously is is not somebody who's great driving forward. But there was a couple moments where. You know, Maitland-Niles, due to, you know, the back line pressing up and us, you know, having really consistent pressure, was able to make some runs. And it was actually, it was either him or Enquetia who, but it was, it was a combination of the two who, who almost won a foul at the edge of the box at one point. looked like it might have been just in, potentially a penalty, uh, you know, but, but obviously it wasn't. But it, it was just an example of, you know, a player who, for me, is like we use the term like Swiss Army Knife, obviously, a lot. Uh, on twitter talking about you know the ways that different players operate in the team especially players who maybe aren't like in the first team consistently i think that's a good way to describe me because he can just do so much on the pitch he can offer so many different things he can link short and he can play long balls as well like you were talking about like he does have the ability to do that it's always down to his confidence on the day and it's always fun for me to watch him because he's one of my favorite players to watch so uh so yeah it, it was it was great to see him out there honestly
0: I and mean, what about you? What was your thoughts on Ainsley Medellin's performance?
2: Yeah, he was definitely the man of the match. Um, probably his best game so far this season, I must admit. Um, I, I, I've always liked him. As I mean, for me, he's always had the talent. But with me, with Haynes, it's always been his effort. I mean, he makes it look easy. If you watch it, even when he was playing as a right back or a, or a right wing back, he was had. He always had talent. The problem with him was was application. Will he ever always apply himself? Because sometimes you know, some people have talent, and it's too easy for them. Um, sometimes they take it for granted, and I think that's that's Hanley's biggest problem. Because honestly, to me, if he applied himself, he will be in the first team consistently, week in week out. Um, like for example, there's no reason why he can't be. I'll just starting right back for Arsenal right now. He has everything. He's strong. He has the pace. He's tall enough. Uh, the only thing he doesn't do is cross the ball well, but but he's calm. Even with penalties, you saw the penalty he took last year. That was cheeky. I mean, two years ago, that was a cheeky penalty. And then the FA, I mean, he's just one of those players that um, he's, a, he's a great utility guy. But I think if, he'd really, if he really applied himself, he could be a really, really good player. I mean, he made the English team. But again, the thing with Hainsley is always consistency and how bad does he want it? And I think that's just, just my only problem with him is I just wish he really wanted it more. Because if he did, I think he, were, he would really be a really, really good player.
0: I, I agree, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's probably not right-back, because of his application. You know, I, the reports in the summer about him wanting to play in midfield, I guess that's where he wants to play, and that's where Arteta sees him now, in that midfield role, as a holding midfielder. And although... I guess it. that's, in my opinion, not his best position. He did excellent today. And that is no denying that, you know, if he wants to play midfield, he has to show how, why he should play in the midfield for Arsenal. And with that performance, he certainly showed he held his own in that midfield performance and definitely was very impressive. Another player I wanted to mention is Eddie Nketiah. I thought Eddie Nketiah yesterday to just round up about the Arsenal-Leeds game was immense and highlighted the pressing game we did the pressing game we did against Leicester to counterpress them and I thought it was very impressive from Eddie Nketiah and and is he's really improved his overall game in terms of not necessarily being that just fox of the box striker. He's really improved his held up he's improved his technical security on the ball so he doesn't feel loose. The ball's not bouncing off him like he's a trampoline or something. The ball He's sticking by him. He's trying to link up play. I I just thought it was a much more complete Inkerter performance, and I have to give Arteta credit for that. That um he's improved Eddie Inkerter, and now he looks much better, especially when challenged from behind. He looks like the bet like more technically complete. And um, I thought that was very an impressive performance of Inkerter, and it, it most definitely deserved the goal. So um. I just want to highlight uh, Eddie and Ketter. I thought Eddie and Ketter is a strong shout for man of the match. What about you, Manny?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, that was his best game of the season. Um, again, he's another one that has the talent. I mean, I remember when he came from when Chelsea dropped him from there. Um, he was a dropout, and he came to Arsenal. The guy has all the potential. I mean, he's a fox in the box. There's no question about it. But again, with me, with the thing I understand about him, I mean, he's. I mean, for example, under on under 23, on he's always scoring goals for fun right? He does it. I mean, he's 20, he's almost 23 right now. So he's been doing it for a long time, but every time you bring him to the main team, you don't really see this, what you saw yesterday. Right. So I see why I wants wants to keep him even though he doesn't want to stay. I see why, cause the potential there is humongous. I mean, you, you're looking at a Fox in a box are, are, are not easy to find these days. Cause those are guys who just know how to score goals when they are in the box. So I see why he wants to keep him. And, um, fortunately kid doesn't want to stay obviously. Um, you know, which I don't know why, but I mean, if anything, I mean, Arsenal has been the only place that's him multiple opportunities. Chelsea dropped him once they realized he wasn't applying himself that much. So, but yeah, so from what I saw yesterday, um, he, he did well. Um, again, my, my only reservations will be, can I see this from him on a consistent level? Um, uh, if he's going to, if he does decide to change his mind and sign a contract, uh, then we need to see this, this version of himself a lot more. Um, that's just my reservation. I don't know if he really wants, if he loves football that much, to want to get to that level. Um, you know, that's another problem today with the modern footballers. Some of them, the money and the fame takes over the passion. So I'm not sure where his passion really is. Because to me, I mean, he there are others who, who are who are be behind him who actually, I will say in two three years will do will be better plays than him if he doesn't get better. He reminds me of the American kid. I uh, can't remember his name right now. The American Ghana kid. That had all the hype. Uh, what's his name, man? Freddie Edu? Yeah. Eddie yeah. Well, he had okay. all the hype. He was a great strike. Even Pelis, he was going to be the next thing. But then the fame came and he just, and you never heard from Eddie. He just, that was it. He was just done. Now, I'm not saying Eddie's up is as bad as he is because the fame hasn't got to him that bad. But Eddie should be doing been doing a lot more than what he's doing right now. He's, I mean, he's been doing this for a long time. So that's just my reservation. But as of, as of yesterday, he played well. Yeah, you can see Arteta's improving the kid. You can see it. But the question is, does the kid really want want it? And that's my reservation. I'm not sure if he really wants it.
0: What about you, Ada? What what, what was um, your book Eddie?
1: Yeah, I mean, for for me, like, Eddie is a guy who um, I think he's always been good. He always, like, you know, you were saying, Manny, like, he always has this this feeling about him that, like, if he gets a chance or he gets enough chances, he's going to score a goal. You know, pretty much regardless, and you can't say that about every single striker in the program. Can't say that about every single striker. You know, really in, in any league, it's it's a it's a it's an important trait to have, and it's underrated, I think, nowadays, especially in an age where strikers are you know often playing at the edge of the box more, or like quote unquote whoever lines up as your center forward. Or a lot of a lot of top teams, at least, they're either playing you know at the edge of the box sometimes. They're, they're asked to link play more as opposed to just you know be you know right in right in front of the goalkeeper and try to you know, knock a goal in, you know, from across. But I think the thing with Eddie is that he just hasn't really physically developed in a way that suits the, 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 the prem for me. And I think that's the reason why it didn't work out for him at Leeds, you know, like Bielsa, you know, scouted him as a player, I think who could score goals and to provide something that they needed at that time. But when it came to actually being able to perform consistently in the championship, you know, the defenders, the, the level, physical level of the defenders is just a different, a different thing, and something that he just hasn't adapted to. And it's not to say that he can't add muscle. I mean, he's only 22, as you said, coming up to 23, and and he, you know, he's he broke the record at the at, for England at the U23 level for for goals scored, and he's you know been incredible, you know, you know in that setup in that team. But I think that for me, like, I want to see Eddie. I wish actually we had earlier seen this, like him get like a loan to like Syria or something, where like a lot of the defenders like he. He has some, you know, physical attributes that are, you know, can, he can best defenders in a way and show, sh- show some work. And I think, like, what Arteta has done with him is great because he, he's got better link-up play. He can hold the ball up better. He knows how to use his body weight a little bit. Again, it's something that a lot of people talk about Arteta improving Raheem Sterling, particularly as a player who it was hard for him before Arteta, you know, sort of joined that setup to, 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 to kind of beat guys one-on-one sometimes in the sense of, like, physically shoulder-to-shoulder. And he learned how to use, you know, his upper and lower body, you know, a little bit differently, maneuver himself, you know, make his center of gravity a little bit lower. Eddie's always been like an upright striker, in my opinion. And Arteta has given him the sort of like some tools to help him kind of like lower center of gravity and and, and the ability to turn defenders a little bit better, which is exciting to see that he's improving. But with the strikers that we have coming through, like, I don't think he's better than Flo Balogun, in my opinion. Like, like, I just don't think he is. He's not as physically developed he doesn't have you know the level of technical you know security as well and so I feel like he's going to be a player that we are going to end up selling on despite the fact that of course I love watching him he's got a nice iconic celebration he's a fun guy to watch he gets goals but uh just just not for Arsenal for me in my my opinion although I do I do like him I think he's a really good player but unless we see an explosion it's just not going to happen for him I don't think
0: I think even Tyrese John Jules may be better than him you know Aiden in my opinion
2: yeah, that's
0: a good point. I mean, absolutely. There's a
2: couple guys coming through. Yeah. So hey, Daniel. Um, Adele just texted me. He wants to join. I don't know what you want to do.
0: All right, all right. I can believe. But anyway, yeah. As I was saying, um, I think he might be slightly better than him, and that's no disrespect to Inketia, um, but it's just how I'm. I feel when I when I see that type of player. like he's good, yeah, but I think he'd be much better. Another club, I think we'll still get the sick, like a good, like Brighton. Brighton be the ideal club for him. So, I, I, we feel the best thing to I, I, was very impressed with the performance, and um, yeah, I'll be keeps up. Um, another thing I wanted to add is, um, haven't you guys noticed in um, we've looked much better? Um, I'm not sure if it's a me situation, so I'm. I'm like, guys. Haven't you noticed that the difference in um, how in set pieces you look much better at attacking set pieces? Is it just a uh, me thing who's noticed it, or have you guys seen it as well? I Think we
1: got a new coach doing set pieces. This yeah, year.
0: Nicholas Jover from Man City. Have you? Do you guys feel like we've improved on our set pieces, or,
1: or it's a weird me? one because we haven't. We haven't scored many. We just scored our first one in the last game. Everything looks more intentional than it did in the last couple of seasons. That's the most I can say about it. Cause I don't want to go, like I don't personally know like too deep into the actual things that have changed, but I agree with you. I do think we look more organized from set pieces. We look like we have a plan a little bit
2: more than we did in in past years. Um, I will say defensively. Yes. Um, Offensively. I'm, I'm still on the fence yet. But, yeah, I will, t- I will say defensively from the set pieces, we're definitely better than last season. The last season, we were leaking goals for fun. Um, but this season, def- yeah, I will say, yeah, I don't think we have been leaked a goal from, from any um, corners this season at all, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think we have. And, uh, yeah, so offensively, I am not. I still got to see us a little bit more. But I, you can see this is definitely being worked on the pitch. That's obvious. But
0: I think right now the impact right now, I see it more on the defensive end than the offensive end. I agree, bro. I agree. And I think he, well to be fair, I, I would say like in terms of attacking um set pieces, you've got Partey attacking them. Like, you know what I mean? Attacking the front post. He did it twice in the final. We almost we almost scored the one hit one hit at the bar. And then the second time um he scored. So I I feel like we have improved. Slightly, in terms of, of attacking, we now know our uh, players now know what they're doing. They feel they have their own individual roles that and certain aspects that they've improved on to improve on set piece. And we have specific set piece takers to take the ball, like against Villa. Um, Eden, I'm sure you noticed we had um, we had ESR and Saka taking them at different times, you know, to give different whips on the ball, and they gave really yes, good deliveries. And um, we looked much better because of it.
3: Hey, Daniel. Hey, Manny.
0: Hey, what's hey, up, Dale? Hey, Adele. Um, How are you guys?
3: Sorry for interrupting you.
0: No, nah, it's good. It's good, man. It's good, man. It's fine. Um, What else was in it? Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about is Arsenal's form. Arsenal's form recently have been really, really good. Ever since that Man hit his And I've been saying this to Manny and Adele. Even when we lost, not to panic. Aiden, were you... Were you like panicking when we lost to like Man City and Brentford, or were you like my but just you know biding my time, chilling? Um...
1: Yeah, I, I, that's, yeah, that's that's how I was. I was never worried. Now, I didn't have any, I I didn't have any worries from the very beginning of the season because the first thing that I'm always looking at is like what is the context of what we're actually watching. Like when we saw the Man City game, what's the wider narrative of that game? Even the Brentford game, actually, particularly the Brentford game, what's the narrative? For the Brentford game, it's we had a, a massive outbreak of COVID in the squad. And so we had guys that just were not available to play. And then you throw in, I think, yeah, Ben Waite did play that game. You throw in a guy who we just signed, who's not playing with the guys, you know, in, in the drills that we're doing in training. It's not translating to the game because that's not the starting 11 that we can feel because of uh, of COVID. So that game, I looked at that. I, I wasn't worried about that. This Man City game, I expected them to you know, destroy us because we we had Kolasinac and hold guys like holding and, and, and Mari playing that game and, and I don't even know it was chambers even like the back four in that game was was was, was terrible. You know that back four is one of the worst back fours in, in the Premier League. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't win any you don't you don't get past 10th place with that back four. So I was never really worried because I, I feel like one thing I always saw was that the tactical system and the way that we play is consistent. And When you have the right profiles in that tactical system and the way that you play, you're going to get results, you know. And, 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 you know, you have to have a balance of both. So the tactical system was always good, never worried about that. But the problem that I had was that people started criticizing the manager for things that are out of his control in terms of injuries, in terms of, you know, what happened with the Brentford and City game. And it was just like, it's not rational to me because I'm looking at the wider picture of it. So I was never worried personally. I knew that this was going to happen. I, you know, I, I'm honestly, I'm, 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 surprised that we actually bounced back so much, and we've been unbeaten in what six or seven games now, which is exciting. But um, I'm not surprised, you know what I mean. Uh, I'm not overall surprised that like the way that we're playing.
0: Okay, I, I um, Manny, what uh, the question I wanted to ask you was, what's your thoughts over Arsenal's run? Because as I said, me and Aiden have been killed out the run, um, due to. My point of us lacking the spine, and um, I said once Arthur had the spine, the results will improve. And yes, there has been um, two poor results in uh, in um, against the draws against Crystal Palace and Brighton. But overall, we've we've done really well for ourselves. So and it shut us up right at the table. So my question was to you, Manny: Is what's your thoughts on Arthur's form? And what is your thoughts ahead? Do you really think, as I've said, we have a real of top four. Do you really think we could um, actually make that, uh, a chance here and get top four?
2: Um, so my, um, my, my biggest um, pet peeve with Arteta has always been the offense. Um, last year, defensively, we were solid. But again, we struggled to score goals. We only had 55 goals. We started the season on the first two games. We didn't have our players. Our players came back. We still struggled against you Norwich know, to skull. Burnley was a free kick. Then the Tottenham game, I was like, okay, I see what we're trying to do. That was the first half. I was excited. I said, okay, maybe this is the move. Then we reverted back. And then we, Chris, Crystal Palace pretty much dominated at home. And then the next time we showed against Villa, what I think is what he's trying to do. So, to me, there's a yo-yo thing going here, so I can't just take that. I need to see that. Con- I need to see that level of play for a couple of games before I know we can make top four. Because right now we're basing this, everything because we're not always going to get those results we got against Burnley, playing the way we did or we against um, Norwich playing. We can be up and down. The reason teams make top four are they are consistent over a long duration, and every now and then they get a lock and win a game. Um, right now we have been consistent. Villa has been our best game. Tottenham was the first half, and that was it. Now, defensively, we have been really good, which is, I, I give him all the credit, but, but then there has to be a balance between your attack on the, and, and your your, um, your defense. So I don't know yet. You, do what, um, now, do I think we can make top four? Should we make top four? I do believe we should make it, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure so that we are going to make it. And um, until I see us consistently start scoring goals then I'll get comfortable. But right now, I just can't can't make that over the last eight games because if we're being honest, we have struggled to score goals. You take away the Tottenham game, you take away the Villa game. Every other game, um, we we have. So so the question is, are we the arsenal of the Villa game? Are we the arsenal of the other games? Are we between where every now and then we'll get a good game and then we'll have a couple of bad games? So that's my analysis. It's been eight games. We've had one good game, one half a decent game. I'm, I'm talking about the offensive end. I'm talking about the defensive end by here, by the way, guys. And the last ones, we offensively, we were just uh, not there. And then, again, being a young team, that is expected. However, um, once, you, once you've once you decided to go young, then the growth has to be quicker. That's just the way it has to be. When Back in the day when we had young teams on the Wagner, that was just what it was. Um, unfortunately, when you're playing week in, week out, you have to take the criticism of now – Saka is young, ESR is young, but these are guys who are supposed to score goals now. Unfortunately, your guys are part of the first eleven, so now your 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 room for error has just you know is a little bit smaller compared to if you were coming off the bench, right? So you don't you have that luxury to make to just say, oh, they're young, um, they can just keep missing chances because they're going to get most of the chances, and so they have to get better. Even Arteta said it himself; he said he said, yeah, we have to start scoring goals. Because he knows, you know, if we want to climb the table, we need to score goals, right? So yeah. So uh, am I happy where we've? Yes, I'm. I'm fairly happy. Um, as for the future, it, it. I gotta. I'll tell you this. Asking this question again come the end of November, I'll give you a better answer.
0: That's a fair enough response. Because um, I think the end of the end of November, we have. Um, let me go through the fixture list. We have Leicester, Watford, Liverpool, Newcastle, Man United. Oh no, I was wrong actually. We have Watford, Liverpool, and Newcastle. So even even that, that's a favorable run for us. I'm excluding the um Liverpool game. But um yep. even even that, like Watford and Newcastle, that's a favorable run. Newcastle are not on, on the best of forms. They've just sacked their manager. Then Limbo, they haven't got um a sustainable project yet. They haven't even got as I said, a coach yet. So that, should, that is a winnable game. We've got Watford, who we know have been trounced by a lot of teams, although they did pull off a very impressive win um, a few days ago. So it's it's it, But it's still a game we should be winning by far. That's and great. Liverpool is the real real test for us against um Liverpool and Arsenal is a real test. And as I said, if we had Xhaka, we would give him a game. But that's a video for another day. Because <laughs> I know Manny was... <laughs> a- and, um, what am I on about? But, yeah, we, we we could, we could give them a, and and Manny, we, we have games in December too. I think at the end of December, yeah, comparing it to Manchester United's run, I think at the end of December, we'd have more of an outlook of where we are as a team and where we need to be right. and where top four, if top four is a reality for us, that's why I said, to be honest, top four is defined by December. I'll have more of an outlook then and I'll have more of how Arteta tactically goes against um, these teams. So, w- w- would, would you agree, Aiden? Would you agree?
1: I mean, yeah, I think for me, like going quickly just back to like the offense point, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I still think that we need to create more. Um, but one thing I've seen already this season that I didn't see since Arteta's been here is that when things like individual errors happen or when even a team just plays better than us, one thing that we're able to do is. Which, which the best teams always have to do, and you even mentioned this, many is create a little bit of luck for themselves. And against the, against Palace, for example, I know, you know, we created more XG than them, whatever, we were a better team, we played better. We made two really bad individual errors. And this season, the season before, and then um, the season before that, we would have lost that game. That's a game where we drop all three points. But because of the fact that we have a really defined and well-drilled tactical system, you know, we are able to, you know get into our rotations no matter what against any team and then you create that extra bit of luck and you score something like the lack of that goal you know that that last minute winner against burnley very similarly too burnley actually created more than us a little bit although the game looked quite even but you know again we were able to just create a, we just have a little bit of extra quality than that team that we just didn't have in the last couple of seasons i think that's important and then going forward for me i mean it's really simple for me i don't really judge I try not to judge the league table at all until the end of December because I just feel like there's so much that can happen between now and then, especially when it comes to things like injuries or like there's always a big team that has a bad run of form during that like Christmas period where like everybody's got to play four or five games, you know, in a short span of time, you know, teams can go, you know, teams can drop like nine points that that were maybe like at the top of the table um, and, and go down. So for me, I don't, even, I don't even want to look at it or talk about, that until um, until until the new year, but I do feel like we have a chance at top four because I think that we're a better team than United this season.
0: Aiden, uh oh no, Aiden, sorry, Adele. What about you? What is your thoughts on Arsenal's upturning performance, and do you think it's impressive to you, Adele? And uh, do you think in the future we can we can actually challenge the top four, or do you think it's still too early days and should wait till probably the New Year's, Aiden said?
3: As, um, that's a good question, Daniel. Um, I think we should just wait till New Year's because I feel like there are some individual areas that we can have. That's the problem with Arsenal. We're still not as consistent as we should be. That's my problem with, that, with going on to probably into New Year's. Because of course with the we've got a decent amount of fixtures that we could easily make into the top four, as you can see. But honestly, by speaking, I'm worried a bit about Leicester. I don't know what it is. And the Liverpool game, of course, I'm worried. Everyone, everyone knows how worried, how good Liverpool are. And uh, what was the other point again, Sorry?
0: Do you think it will do you think it will allow us to challenge the top four? Do you think if
3: we can strip, as I said to you and Manny before, I think we need a good, consistent form of runs or like wins? But I think there are still some individual errors that I keep talking about. I don't, there are some players that I do not trust in that team. If you guys get one I'm coming from,
0: yeah, I get you, I get you, bro. I get you, I get you. I get, get the example of that was the Congo. You know what I mean? Exactly.
3: And then another thing is, I don't know about Arteta's boy. he Sometimes, is he going to stick with a 4 3 one Is he going to go to a four three three? Is he going to go to a four four two? So you see them kind of stuff, that that stuff can
0: worry. I get you, I get you. If you guys um, agree with me. No, I get I I understand. The things though, I think is, though, it, it really depends on how uh, Arteta, that's the thing about Arteta, can't set up wrong. But every manager does that. I think... Okay. Against Leicester, mm, um, I, exactly. we're gonna get on to it now. Um, in my opinion, Leicester are just a, basically a better version of Aston Villa in terms of they have the same similar strengths, similar weaknesses that we can exploit, um, but they have better quality of players to um you know improve their teams in terms of Bibi Carasamare, who I'm a big stand of. I've I, I love the guy, uh, but they still have the hmm? similar weaknesses because Samari from uh, like Leicester now. But I was, oh, yeah, like,
3: yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Leo. Yeah, I was a big fan of. And um, um, they have players like Dakar, they have Vardy, they have Madison. Um, I think they want to transition into a 42 2 but due to Madison still being there, I think they're still playing in that weird 4 3 one you know, trying to squeeze everyone they can, into making sure that the play runs through Madison. I think Madison's the key.
3: Similar I'm not like, going
0: like, to lie, but I think how, like, Madison's how... kind of dropped off a bit. Yeah, I know, but he's also picked up his form recently. But it's similar to like Douglas Ruiz, yes. you know what I mean? As he's the guy that starts up the build-up. He may not be performing the well, f- but he's the guy yeah, the that progresses point. the ball. Yeah, the, the vocal point when has, having the ball. Um, if, Similar to like... Um, but think for me... Wies, if, we first... game, exactly. if we mark Madison out of the game... If we mark Madison out of the game... You know, we stand a good chance of nullifying one of their creative threats. Um, but that's you not know saying who I'm more worried about Barnes and Kalechi and Vardy and Dakar. So, who are you more worried I'm about? I'm
3: more worried about Harvey but Yuri Telemans
0: And uh, it's nah, just the you...
3: way he drives through that midfield.
0: Man, you also... probably
3: will agree with me. You know, he has, yeah,
2: he's a problem, but he lacks five yard I...
0: burst to me, though. That's the thing. He lacks a five-yard burst. Harvey Barnes? He, he can, no, Yuri Tillemans. Yuri Tillemans, I, I'm more scared of Harvey Barnes than Yuri Tillemans, to be honest. Yuri Tillemans can be easily marked out again. In terms of he lacks a five-yard burst, his pass, he takes slow time to dictate his pass. You know, we could, we could just have a guy press him, like probably Laka or something. But see, that's the thing about yeah, Laka. Actually, can he, can Laka sustain the performance he did at home away? And we haven't seen a good lacker, that type of performance away. The best lacquer performance, that pressing, energetic football at home. So it would be interesting to, for one, for, it'll be interesting to see how, for one, how to, will he play lacquer and how will he use it? If so, what else will he use? Or how will he set up? So what I wanted to do now, I'm going to go, let's start with Aiden. I want you to tell me, your ideal lineup and what's your plans to stop Leicester? What would you do to stop Leicester if you were setting up the team?
1: Yeah, I feel like um, I mean, for me, it's going to be in the mid- one and one and loss in the midfield. Like you said, you know, the, the, they have midfielders that are kind of in form, out of form. Madison's not that, not hasn't been great in form, but you know, Samari is amazing. You know, I'm a big fan of him. I, I was actually really hoping that we would pick him up instead. Um, you know, over, over, um, over uh, La Conga. But again, like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm impressed by La Conga as well. So I think it's going to be about that midfield battle. And so for me, I mean, in an ideal world, you know, the back four stays the same as it's been for a while. If Kearney isn't fit, then um, Tavares has been able to come in and he was great against Villa. Um, but, you know, the back four stays the same. Obviously Ramsdale in there. And then honestly, I would try to go for a four three three because I just feel like when you match up directly with the opposition, you know, that's when those mistakes can happen. The game can be won and lost along those sort of lines of, of mistakes. But when Arteta, in my experience, when he's been able to sort of impose his own ideas on the game, that's when I feel like we've, we've looked a bit better this season. Last season, we couldn't. Like, he would try to do his own thing and we would play terribly. Or, like, we'd lose because the players just don't have... You know the cohesion yet to, to really do that. But I wanna see a statement win for from him against Leicester, and it would be a statement when I think he has the mentality to to try something like a four three three. And I would love to see, you know, again, Partey in there kind of just him and him and Samari nullifying each other a little bit will allow, you know, the a midfield of something like, you know, Lakanga maybe in there along with like ESR or Odegaard or maybe Odegaard and ESR in the midfield again that's very attacking that's something that hasn't worked the season already but again I just want to see us build form and be aggressive Um, and I think that if we can find Madison and Tielemans which we have guys that are more physically able to press them like for example yes Laka is good and he pressed really really well I think his overall game when he played um, you know wasn't wasn't so great but his pressing was really good you know his energy especially against Palace and then the next game was great But I want to see somebody like Martinelli in that front line, because, for example, even if Martinelli's a little bit out of form in terms of goal scoring, he's going to bring you a ton, a ton of energy. And he still has the ability to take on a guy like in a a way that Laka, I don't don't think he, he can anymore. I don't think he has like any really offensive or even like creation ability. Like I haven't seen enough from him in that way, except for that energy. And So I think I would keep Laka on the bench. I would want Martinelli to play, and 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 honestly, I don't think it's gonna happen because he obviously played against Leeds, and I think he's still probably warming up a little bit, getting into his form. But then next to that, I would say, um, Saka on the right and Aubameyang on the left. And if it's you know not gonna be Martinelli through the center, then I'd like to see Aubameyang through the center um, and Emil on the left with Odegaard, uh, Partey and Lacanga in midfield. Um, but again, like I think like the most important thing against Leicester is to understand that they are going to have chances they have amazing offensive players who are good in great form always Vardy has been in form for like five years straight like the guy is just really really good he always overperforms he often overperforms his xG, so he's a consistent player You when you watch him when you look at his movement he's incredible right and he's going to be difficult so I feel like it might be a game where you know goals are just going to happen because there's just been a little bit of up and down for both of the midfields this season and so I want to see us really go at them and, and really try to, again, like what we've done against Villa and against Palace even, even, you know, where it's like we want to go ahead early and we want to just smash them. And I said this before the Villa game. The goal here is to, is to start so aggressively in the first 25 minutes that we get a goal and then we just keep going from there, keep that consistency up because we still don't have the levels to, con- to sustain it over 90 minutes and we're going to have a period where we drop off and Leicester will have chances. So I think it's really about starting really strong.
0: Because I do think we have more quality than that. To be fair, though, we have, we, we, Aiden, uh, we've notoriously started really strong. I think our problem is sustained pressure. How do we sustain pressure? And um, against Tottenham, one of the key reasons we were able to sustain pressure is because we had Xhaka and Partey as as the two midfield partnerships. Partey, a bit more advanced, spraying those balls in the zone 14. But Xhaka is the t- dictator from the deep deep lining, spraying balls through to break down their press, so we're able to sustain our attacks without it breaking down, and I think, as you said midfield is key to this they haven't got great progressors, Sionchu although he's improved his progressing but um, it's not one of his biggest strengths he's looked much better, but as, as I said, their midfield it, with, with Samare, you know, excellent midfield I rate him highly, we need to nullify that phrase, he's a very good player um, and that's why I think we need to Keep that Lokonga party, PV, used against Leicester. Make sure they're tight together. Make sure they're not pulled apart. If we if they're pulled apart and parties left on the island, we'll be overloaded in transition and they'll just tear us apart in transition. Like, it won't even be funny because that's the quality Leicester have. But if we stick tight and, you know, press from the middle, use, as you said, Martinelli could be a presser. I, I think that, that would be ideal. Uh, Martinelli to press. Backline, so they they would be pushed back. But Abba's performances have, in my opinion, have meant that Martinelli would be on the bench for me. And Abba's really improved himself lately. So having Abba having Abba as his replacement won't be too bad anyway. So yeah, Aiden, what would be your ideal lineup? Aiden, what would be your ideal lineup? Can you guys hear me?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think the ideal lineup would keep keep the same back four. Um, and then I think Laconga and Partey have to be in that midfield together in in, in in some capacity. And maybe Odegaard comes back in the squad, but I also wouldn't mind if, if Smith Rowe is in there because again, I just feel like what you said is is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for you know somebody who's gonna press the back line hard, and I think we need two or three of our forwards to be pressing that back line because they just don't have, we need to be, what Arteta likes to do with his front line press is he likes to corner the opposition onto a touchline and try to get, which a lot of teams do, but he wants to try to get the weakest ball playing player, uh, you know, isolated on that touchline. We did it against Mings a ton of times against Villa where it was like Martinez could only pass to Mings and we need to do the same exact thing and figure out, you know, who that person is gonna be for us. And so we need to have three forwards that are gonna press you know, together. And I think if Martinelli through the center, Obamiang on the left and Saka on the right, or Laka through the center, Obamiang on the left, Saka on the right, because I agree, maybe Martinelli won't start, that is going to be, you know, a really important part of nullifying, nullifying Leicester's press. And I just think that without Xhaka, I completely agree with you, Dan. I, like without Jaka, like we're just not going to sustain. We're not going to sustain for 90 minutes. The team is not, they, we don't have the quality enough, we don't have the cohesion enough to sustain for 90 straight minutes. Yet with the system that we want to play, it's just not. It's just not going to happen. So I expect them to have chances, but it's going to be about when those chances come. You know, will we be solid and will we be able to deal with that when it happens? So, so yeah.
3: It's true. It's true. What
0: you guys are saying It's one hundred percent true. Adele, since, since um, what would be your ideal lineup, and how would you say we'd be Leicester?
3: So. Honestly, I'll rather stick to the 4 4 because it really it worked. Because Aston Villa, as I said, I want
0: it wasn't really that, a four four two. It was, it wasn't really in terms of small of a four, it was probably 4 2 3 1. And in transition, was our normal 2D, it was our normal build up. Honestly, Five,
3: honestly two, keep the same lineup.
0: You'd keep the same I, lineup, yeah
3: because it did bring us success against Villa, the way we pressed against Villa exploited Mings' weakness. Like you know when Wing uh, Mings was vulnerable, Console looked confused. He didn't know what to do. Yeah, I think we could do I think we could do the same to Johnny Evans, cause Soyonchu, of course, he will be battling with Lacazette. But you know Johnny Evans, he has no pace. So as long as and they don't have Wesley Fofana, he's injured as well. So as long as we can go through uh, Johnny Evans, honestly, and take them chances, we could be in good hands. Because if you see Leicester the way they play, they do miss a big part. There's a big part in the defense which has a hole, and I think Wesley Fofana was the one that uh, helped them like sustain the defense and everything. Exact. um Plus, I think they have a Ryan Bertrand, and uh, see, he's quick as well, but he is vulnerable in defending as well. So I think Saka can take on them those those people. But I don't know. But I feel like Leicester could play at a back five, play best of God because of his aerial threat. What do you guys think?
0: What about you, Manny? As you said, what about you, Manny? How would you set up against Leicester? What would be your ideal lineup? We're gonna start off with the
2: formation. We put. I was gonna start off with the formation we did um with Villar. That was that was a hybrid four two, in my opinion. It was more going back to Wagner days, basically with Burkham falls back and Henri stays on top. Pretty much what he did with with Abar and uh, Laka, right? So, well, I what, the reason I'll stay with the same formation is to, is to handle the midfield because, and I'll do actually I'll do I will make two changes and because of experience I will take Hunger off I'll bring L- Nelly in and if if Tiena is if if he's healthy he comes back in and RS comes off the bench uh, because to me because we're not at home I like I like us like to be a little bit more experienced in our, from our, in our midfield to our defenders. Um, and that's why I will take Lukanga off because he he's still growing. But I don't think I don't think it's a game I would like to start him. I like him to come off the bench. I like like I said to me the formation was a hybrid. I think it works. And um, yeah, I, I and for me you need experience in these kind of games when you go when you're away from home. And so for me, for me Laka is critical because in that game he made Abba game a lot easier for Abba. Right, Abba was not had didn't have to work as hard to be involved because Laka was dropping deep doing all the the dirty work, which allowed Albert to have more of a free role. And he could press more because he had more energy because he was not just by himself trying to do everything. So I'll stick with the same formation. I think it works against Leicester. So, yeah, that's what I'll do.
0: And and I want to get you guys score predictions. As we're ending off this podcast... I want to get your score predictions. What is your score predictions for Arsenal versus Leicester? Let's offer the guest, Aiden. Um,
1: I think I'm going to go like 3-2 or 4-2 Arsenal. Um, I think Leicester are going to score goals. Uh, but I think Arsenal are going to win. So I'm going to go with like
2: 3-2. All right. I'm going to write that down
0: because I'm going to remind you about
2: that. Manny, what about you? I'm going 2-1 Arsenal.
0: Yes, Ronnie. Why is that? Just Do you think it'll be a tight game? Do you think it be open? Do you think... Uh, do you think like let a- me put it this
2: way. If, if our tattoo doesn't play a 4-3-3, I'm going to 2-1. I think that formation, I think we have better players in large. I believe we have a better defense than they do. It, to me, it just depends on how we go out and play. Because honestly, looking at their defenders, they're, they're there for the taking. We should score. But we can't be too offensive because we're, we're away from home and we're a young team. So I don't want to see a 4-3-3 formation against Leicester. No. But I, I think it will be a tight game because of one guy who always gives us trouble, which is Vardy. For some reason, Vardy always gives us a problem. I don't know why. He's like an Achilles to us. He always scores against us.
0: Even man manhandled him last season. Yeah. So you, you never know. You never know. Edel, what well about yeah, you? Yeah, that's true. Score predictions.
3: I'm going with money
0: 2-1. 2-1. Any reason? Do you think it'll be an open game? Do you think it be a closed game? Do you think we're well, going at it? Or do you think it'll it's
3: be a gonna, tight game? We're going we're gonna to 100% go at it. But you know Vardy is the problem. You know he always loves scoring against us. That's why. So it's definitely going to be an open game. But Vardy will score. And of right, that- uh, course for of course, we're gonna score, but the only reason I, I said two one
0: is because of body, all right. Beb, um, I think we've come to the end of the show. Um, wow, like what's say. your prediction? Oh, my, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, wait, yeah, your... um, my, sorry, before, I'm gonna, I'm saying two bond. <laughs> one, as you said, it'll be, in my opinion, it'll be Arsenal starting fast, fiber, probably score three goals, but as I said without Jacob, we can't probably sustain the pressure we need to um, really make it like a 4-1 on a 4-0 or anything like that. So, um, for those reasons, I've said it would be an exciting game to start with. But as I said, Arsenal won't sustain the pressure. So, I'm guessing 3-1. Um, I'm hoping Saka scores. I'm going to say Saka scores, ESR scores, and uh, probably Oba scores, and then probably Jamie. Well, uh, Jamie, Jamie Vardy always scores. So. But you never know. Gabby oh, okay, I'm just Gabriel might just manhandle them. so no other guys.
3: True, I'm going for a party long shot. Oh wow! Gambling. <laughs> <Yeah, baby. laughs> I'm going for a party long shot and a Aubameyang or Lacazette like penalty. And then I'm uh, yeah, speaking to what, Daniel. What what's think of information? information? Yeah, oh, a yeah. Party. Uh, I we'll said... get a penalty and Vardy. Uh, we'll give a penalty to Leicester. It's, 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 it's B.
0: A 4-2-3-1. It'll be a 4-2-3-1 with Partey and the Congo. And a pivot. Who do you, yeah. uh, who's your midfielders? Are you yeah, sticking Partey with the, the same pro- midfielders? Yeah. yeah, I'm sticking with the same midfielders. Okay. I think
3: I El Nani should start.
0: I th- I think... Nah, I wasn't really impressed with his performance like at to be honest, I think it was average. What
3: about Ainsley? Actually, Ainsley could have been a shot. Oh,
0: yeah, Ainsley. Maybe. Nah, nah, be nah, actually, Nah, nah, nah. Maybe not. It, because of transition. Because I don't want con- to put too much
3: pressure on Lakonga.
0: Yeah, but Lokonga will be fine. I, I think in a pivot party, tight together, that'll be fine. I definitely
3: don't
0: want Odegaard to start. Oh, Odegaard. Just just a question, Aiden, yeah, before we end this off, who would you rather prefer, hmm. Owa or Odegaard? Who's I mean, sure? that was, that I was. Out.
1: I was always a fan of Awa. I wanted him to come in. I still want my him guy. In, in the club. I think he's my like better than Odegaard. But I, now that Odegaard's here, like I, I'm, I'm gonna support him, of course. But I think I was more, more suited to the Prem, in, in my opinion.
0: I'm versatile. A, a I think, it's more versatile. Yeah, I think more versatile. versatile.
1: Yeah, and more versatile.
0: and it will, allow Arteta to, to, to like adapt his tactics to say, for example, again, because uh, the way he wanted to play Crystal Palace, and wanted Odegaard in a pivot. Boudigard cannot play a pivot, so he vacated his zone and then left Partey on an island because he's not an eight. So, and he lacked the physical elements to compete with his, the person he was dueling with. And I think that was Conor Gallagher to the point where he got so scared he vacated the zone and left Partey on an island, which exposed us in transition so, with Awa, you're not getting that. And Awa proved that because he's done that in a pivot with a against one of the best teams you've seen Which against. Which is the laziest
3: player.
0: Yeah. The laziest yeah, player. is Dumbbelly. the laziest players. And he's proven that he can play a pivot with him. So, it's probably why I would prefer Awa anyway I hope we get him. But.
3: Along with my
0: another guy. That's me, Wafflein. That's, That's I'm going to end the show. I'd like to thank Aiden for joining me. Thank you, brother, for coming. Um,
1: Thanks for having me, man.
0: I hope we have you more again. I think we're doing a video. We're doing a video on Sunday, this Sunday as well. This video, Spotify video will also be on YouTube after it's been on Spotify. And um, thank you, Manny and Adele for joining us. You know, the regs, the usual guys. And um, it's Aiden, Aiden Anytime, my brother. My brother. I hope we see you again. Um,
1: yeah, I would love. I would love to be on again, man. It was fun. I had a good time.
0: All right. Thank you guys for listening. And you uh, guys. Till the next time.